Everybody, this is episode four, and we are recording this on Wednesday. I lie; it is Thursday because I don't know my days of the week. Um, but we have a very special uh, call-in guest, a one Mr. Dave Landau of the Anthony Cumia Show with Dave Landau, and uh, I am in contact with him right now, and I'm going to. Uh, to text him now, and he will be calling in. We'll be doing this over speakerphone, so hopefully everything picks up and does what it's supposed to do. Because if it doesn't, I am what you would call fucked. Okay, I'm texting him now. Anytime, I'm texting him to call anytime. When. Okay, call. What do I say? What do I say? I'm nervous. I'm like a little bitch. I'm nervous. I said keep it to 20. Well, whatever. Um, okay. Good to go. All right. Let's see what happens now. See if he just gives the old call. See what happens. Now I have to sit here nervously and wait. This is uncomfortable. Is very uncomfortable. I never do good in uncomfortable social situations. Thank God my buddy Tito is here to help calm the nerves slightly. But uh, I don't know how that's going to go. Dave's a recovering alcoholic. <laughs> we'll find out. So, waiting on the call. Uh, Philadelphia Phillies fans. I don't want to get into this too much because I, I don't want to, you know have to stop but how excited are we as a Philadelphia sports fan you know Bryce Harper just signed today the reported deal is 13 years 13 fucking years 330 million dollars can you imagine 330 million dollars that's just crazy what does that even come to I don't I don't want to pull up my calculator on my phone but what does that even come to how many is that? Was it 35 a year? 30 something a year? I don't know what. To, there's got to be a way to find that out. Let's see if I can pull it up on my calculator here. I'm sure people have already done this in their head 400 fucking times. 330 million. So one, two, three. One, two, three. Divided by 13. That's only 25 a year, right? That's all it says here is 25 a year. Hmm, that's different. All right. Um, Dave will be calling in a minute, as he says. One whole minute. Hope you started your stock watches. Stop it, did watches? God, why, why do I do this? I don't know why I even have a podcast. All I do is... 
when I actually have guests, unless they're like somebody I know well, I I walk around all day like nerd. When I had David Fine on for the first time, the broadcaster for the Reading Royals hockey team here in Reading, Pennsylvania, I, I, I the whole day I was nervous. Why am I nervous? Anyway. Anyway, 13 years, $330 million. No opt-out clause. For those that don't know, uh, there was debate back and forth whether Bryce Harper wanted to opt out after three years and whether the Phillies were going to give him that. But it turns out he wanted 13 years. He didn't want the opt-out. He didn't want... I guess the way it sounds now is he... Had a team, he didn't want a team opt out, is how I take this. Because he didn't want the team to be go, hey, you suck after two days. We're going to opt out of your contract and you get no money. So I completely understand that. God. I'm, I'm messing around with this Minds thing. I told you that on the last podcast. This Minds uh, social media network. Uh,. I posted like one or two things and I commented on one or two things and I've gotten some followers and things like that. It's, it's, it's a different platform. It seems, I don't understand what happens if somebody out there uses minds, which I doubt you do. Well, there's one, there's like a million people that use it, but it's not like a Twitter or Facebook. It's significantly smaller. Um, why does my news feed uh, it's almost. Oh, hold on. Dave's calling. Okay. Mr. Dave Landau. Hey, how are you, sir? Good, buddy. Good. I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to call someone with 10 followers. It's really nice to have you on. Well, thank you. Are we starting already? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, you're on. Um, I don't know, uh, I didn't know anything about you until I started watching the Anthony Kumia show on the compound media. Um, and I quickly became a fan. You kind of fit right in there with your quickness and your quick wit. And, uh, boy, this is starting off like our first meeting that I'm sure you don't remember. Uh, I met you at the steel stacks at the Sands. Yeah. Yes. Yes, you did. I believe. I believe you had been drinking. <laughs> How could you tell? Because I panicked like a nine-year-old girl meeting like Hanson. <laughs> I came up to you. Uh, no. I came up to you and I said, "And by the way, the show had not started yet. You were the headliner, and I came up to you and I said, "Oh shit! I hope I didn't miss your set." And you looked at me like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the show hasn't started just yet. So, as a young man, uh, by the way, Dave Landau of the Anthony Kumi Show, uh, with Dave Landau, uh, funny comedian, fa- great stand-up comic, uh, at that show, my fiance and I laughed our asses off. It was a great time. Um, when, Thank you. 
Yeah, oh, absolutely, dude. You like I I didn't I never heard your stand up until that night and it was phenomenal. I appreciate that. Uh when we had not a, I won't say you and I have a similar childhood, but I was kind of a shit kid. And yeah, so right, fairly similar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was. Um, what were some like growing up? What type of kid would you could like if you had to describe yourself and kind of how your parents viewed you? What would you What would you say? Uh, it depends on what age, you know, when I was uh, younger, like elementary school, early middle school, um, I think they would call me like artistic, um, not autistic, but like artistic, <laughs> like, uh, you know, very uh, creative, somewhat shy and quiet, kind of, and reserved. And then, uh, I guess, eighth grade through high, through my five years of high school, they probably <laughs> said I was a piece of shit. <laughs> So what changed? I mean, obviously, I know your background and and the people that watch uh, certain programs that you're on know your background. Uh, when let's just say it, let's just put it out there. When did the drugs and alcohol come into play? About eighth grade, you know, really heavy in ninth grade. Um, but yeah, probably in about eighth grade, my dad had gotten sick with a brain tumor, and I kind of was re- uh, rebelling. So I started using, you know, pretty heavy in ninth grade. And, uh, yeah, I mean, by the time 10th grade rolled around, I mean, I was a, a serious alcoholic. And by my junior year, I mean, I would shake if I didn't take a drink. So it was, uh, it all took a hold pretty quickly. Plus, I was, I was becoming like that rebellious teen, and I wanted to be popular and everybody to like me. Plus, combined with shyness and anxiety and insecurity, that just adds to all that shit. So it was just like, I was a powder keg, and it just blew up, you know, right around ninth grade. So did it all start with alcohol, or were you doing other stuff? Because for me personally, it was bullshit highs. Like, it was like garbage stuff. Like, I believe it was seventh or eighth grade. Same time. This is actually now making me think I should do something about myself. But, um... (laughs) Seventh or eighth grade, my best friend Derek and I would take 12 to 15 or whatever it was, however many we could take, of Coracid and cold and cough pills and just <laughs> just stumble. Not even stumble because it didn't make you like drunk high. You had the most energy in the world and for some reason you didn't want to do anything. And yawning was the best feeling I've ever had in my life. So, was it yeah, just alcohol? No, not at all. Like, but yeah, like what I was saying, like mini things and all that stuff. I remember I did a lot of that, or like drank a lot of Jolt, jolt soda, you know, shit like that before I ever tried anything. But sure, no, it was ever. Um, I started more. I started with alcohol, but. I guess before that was weed, and then after weed, um, I was a huge acid freak. Um, acid? I've taken, yeah, I've taken, I, we've tried to count with my friends and I, like, I know it's over 350 hits, and Jesus. I was huge into LSD, so that was a huge thing for me in high school, was LSD, magic mushrooms, eventually the ecstasy boom came, and I didn't use mushrooms that I sold it. But I didn't use a lot of it just because I didn't like it as much as everybody else did. I'd rather, you know, trip or 
I, I snorted a lot of ketamine, did a lot of pills. Um, I was hooked on cocaine. I was hooked on, uh, briefly hooked on um, opiate painkillers, which was an accident anyway because I I had broken my leg in a in a uh, spilled beer injury. <laughs> okay, you got to tell me that story. <laughs> Um, I was at a house party. I, I want to say I was 19, maybe. And uh, this was like after high school. And I was making fun of my friend for being fat. And he tackled me. And there was beer spilled on a linoleum floor next to a keg. So my body went one way and my everything below my knee went the other. Ay, ay, ay. And you were at a high-priced, you probably had some high-priced house with that nice linoleum floor. Yes, gorgeous. Uh, yeah, <laughs> lovely Detroit home. And uh, instead of uh, instead of getting proper help, uh, two of my friends who were very large, like football players, just carried me around the party on their shoulders all night. <laughs> and then the next morning, I woke up and uh, realized I couldn't feel my leg, and I tore my meniscus, ACL, oh all my those God. whatever things, and then I busted off part of my kneecap, and Jesus. now I got three rods. Yeah, and my right knee, and that was all from a drinking injury, so they gave me Vicodin. <laughs> oh, my and God. And I, I took a shitload of Vicodin, and I used to work at a pharmacy where we'd steal pills, steal pills like <laughs> five years before this. That's not a good place but for I you, never, Dave. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. And, uh, well, back then, I just would take a lot of stuff that was, like, more barbiturates or, you know, more uh, the Valium sort of family, and... Uh, I, uh, but yeah, I got hooked on Oxy, or not Oxy, but uh, Vicodin and, and painkillers, and then I, I got off of them fairly quick. And, I mean, the withdrawal from that's a real motherfucker, but uh, alcohol was always my, my favorite. Like, that was my drug of choice, and that's always the one that I had a problem with, and I was arrested 13 times, <laughs> and 12 of which were under the age of 21, <laughs> and uh and that was all uh, alcohol offenses. I mean, I had situations where I had a pipe on me and shit like that, but it was all alcohol offenses. That's insane to me, because I, I, I mean, as it, I guess it should be, but the, I, I, I was always afraid. Like you were talking about uh, the LSD and the acid. I guess I'm just a pussy because I was terrified because all I heard was. Oh, you get sick and you throw up when you take that stuff. And I was always, af- I was always afraid that I'd be out with my friends and I get a tummy ache, and I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to enjoy the night. Oh no, <laughs> no, it really doesn't affect your stomach at all. It's just a small tab, you know. So it really is just very much your headspace. So it's sort of, uh, no, that stuff never would make you sick. I mean, I never got sick off that or even magic mushrooms or anything. Um, I got plenty of sick off the alcohol, but I mean, a lot of people were terrified of tripping because it's this tiny little tab that, sure. you know, sort of takes you to another dimension for eight to 12 hours. <laughs> that's, that's a short period of time, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I I used to be, I was terrified of the idea of it, but then I remember one night my friend Ray took 19 hits and oh. I took 13 hits and like, uh, yeah, like we were really starting to go crazy. And then one time I took, it was like six or seven hits of Jesus Christ acid. And I it was called it. Jesus Christ? Yeah, it's called Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was a, a, yeah, it's called Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ was known as like the super acid, the stuff that was like 
you know, he's like Timothy Leary acid. So when the guy <laughs> said he had it, I, I, we kind of just thought, like, you're full of shit, you know? Right. So uh, instead of just taking one and seeing if he was honest, we just took everything we bought. Oh. And I tripped for a week, and I don't mean, like, uh, came down and felt weird. I mean, I tripped my balls off for seven days. Jesus and Christ. after that, I... Uh, I never took it again. How the hell did you not put a fucking bullet in your head? Jesus Christ. I've been on things where I came down and felt weird and wanted to do that. Yeah, no, I've had, um, it was interesting because my friend who took it with me, my friend Ray, came to pick me up because he was freaking out. This was like the first or second night. And he had cut open his arm and then sealed it shut with a lighter. And when I got (laughs) it, I didn't know what he had done. I was just like, why is your arm all, like, bubbly and bloody? And he's like, well, I was trying to get the bad blood out, so I cut out my arm. <laughs> Jesus and Christ. And then I feel the shuts the lighter. And I was like, oh, okay, well, we shouldn't sit in front of my house. I don't want to get in trouble. And we just drove away with him behind the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I take it back. You're way worse than me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's hard to, like, even when I hear myself talk about it, I'm like, oh, Jesus, I forgot I lived this. Like, uh... Yeah, I stopped. You know, I think it definitely had negative effects. There's no doubt about <laughs> it that. It can't not. Do you have any... Lo- yeah, it's impossible. Do you have any lasting effects from it, like today, that you deal with because of what you did then? I don't know how to identify it, you know. I don't know how to say, hey, it's because of this or what, you know, any particular thing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, my speech is a little slower than it once was. Uh, my brain still works as fast, but it's keeping up with that, you know. Um, I mean, well, actually, I'm sure my brain doesn't, but I don't notice. I, uh, um, God, it's, I think I, maybe just from spirals and looking at the sun a lot, I definitely noticed I had eye damage, which I think was a large result of drug use. Just... And I got LASIK. But, yeah, I mean, like, dude, I'm five, five and a half. My twin brother's, like, half a foot taller than me. Yes. I definitely fucked something up, you know. Like... Okay, we're spending a ton of time, and I know you're sp- pressed for time here. Uh, so let's go on with some of the bullet points I have written down that I want to know about you. Um, yeah, for sure. Aw- awkward moments with girls. I know the sock in the dryer story. I know that story where you yeah. came home with a girl and there were so- and your mom found dry socks and they sounded like they had shoes in the dryer and she confronted you in front of a girl. Is there any... Other, because I have a lot of them. I lived a lot of really awkward moments with females. For example, I lied about my dick size to a girl, and she was blowing me in the back of a, my friend's van, and he was in the front with his girlfriend. She got out, uh, well, he got out of the van, and the interior light came on, and with my dick in her mouth, I hear, because <clears throat> she realized I lied, and she laughed with my cock in her mouth. So... <laughs>
screaming, like knocking on the door if he has to go to the hospital, and I couldn't do anything because my dick was in a girl. <laughs> oh my God. So my mom had to leave without me to go identify my dad, and then I had to drive there later drunk and high after this girl just had, like, you know, all the fun that the show, like, she just she turned white as a ghost. It was so fucking awkward. And, um, we didn't have sex after that. No, no, that, young ladies frown yeah. upon that type of experience. <laughs> yeah, she, uh, yeah, there's nothing worse than, like, do you like this? A scream, and then I think my dad said, <laughs> No, sure. And, uh, Along yeah, with the drugs and the alcohol, you should not be having sex. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and this girl was. This girl though was certainly a uh, a partier. She's she's uh, the one that introduced me to cocaine. So I think we're even. Sure. Sure. I would. I would say she had a, a <laughs> negative impact on your life as well. Uh, now, exactly. Now, do you do you have this thing with you? Oh, okay. All right. Sorry, I'm I'm way off track, and I'm trying to get a bunch of stuff in quick. Um, no, we can we can keep going. It's all good. Okay. Um, do you find yourself, as far as the the girls back then go, uh, I was always attracted to girls that wore nothing but black and janko jeans and hoodies because I knew they were probably having parental issues, and they were probably easier, and they always put out. It, I was that way. Like my fiance and and I, uh, P- Patrice O'Neill kind of has a joke, had a joke about this, where he said, you know, if you ask a a woman, you you take Brad Pitt and you say, would you fuck Brad Pitt and risk your entire marriage, kids, and all that, you know, if you could just have sex with him one time, and a lot of women would say no. But if you ask a guy, hey, would you fuck that girl passed out drunk behind the dumpster? <laughs> <laughs> They'd say, well, you know, she likes kind of yeah. cute with the trash on her and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, guys. Well, guys are shit. That's really the difference between men and women. Um, <laughs> as horny and terrible as women think they are, they have no idea that testosterone is made in hell by Satan himself. <laughs> um, did you, so I guess I'm asking, did you have the same thought as me? Is I went towards the trashy girls? Which kind of alienated me from the ones I was hoping to get with, because they saw me with them. Yeah, I shouldn't. I wasn't the Janko jeans girls because for some reason at my school those they were always kind of completely damaged. Um, <laughs> I guess so, I went for low hanging fruit, Dave. <laughs> oh no! Don't don't get me wrong. I I hit that with one. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying that. Um, yeah, I kind of. Uh, I guess it's the old if she smokes, she pokes, or she's doing smoking weed with you. If she, you know what I mean? Like, yes. Clearly, she's she's allowed out past eleven a.m. <laughs> and eleven p.m. and nobody's looking for. Her. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, I definitely found it a lot easier. Fortunately, back then, though, I mean, I was, uh, I was, I was really good with girls because they just seemed to like me. I think that was maybe my confidence. I don't know if I had any confidence, but I think it might have been. Just the fact that I was such a fuck up, so there were just a lot of. I was lucky enough in that department. You were the bad boy. I guess, yeah. Like I was always able. Like again, I wasn't able to land like the hot, popular chick that I was friends with, but I could 
completely get it. And here's the thing, Dave. Yeah. I couldn't even land that. <laughs> I, my, my best friend was you, the bad boy, who got the girls that were the seventh banana. And I was sitting there going, I just want to be loved. <laughs> yeah, my friend, my friend Ray, who sliced his arm open, was kind of like you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate that. <laughs> No, no, it's it's completely true. I talk about it a lot on the show about how I was such a bitch back then. But uh, I, I, by the way, because you're you're insecure, so I mean, if you find somebody who's having the same insecurity, <laughs> it just makes it way easier. I mean, it's it's not even it's it's not even that shitty to say. It's just being honest. It is being honest. It's not shitty to say at all. Uh, my insecurity led me, and I talked about this on my show too, uh, to when a girl was, I was in, I was very young, a girl broke up with me and I listened to the Aerosmith song Angel while going to sleep and cried like a bitch. Oh my. <laughs> like a bitch, Dave. Well, there was, a, I, yeah, I, I've been there though. That's the problem is even when you're young, I remember talking to my friend and uh, my girlfriend who I loved it just dumped me and I was like every song on the radio seems to be about a breakup or a relationship <laughs> and my friend's just like yeah that's how songs work <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and he was right yes <laughs> I, uh, yeah I had that same thing where I would hear a song that was reminiscent of you know that time and I remember there's a terrible song that a girl who I loved once gave me a light show to was she gave you a light show? Yeah, with glow sticks when you were on ecstasy. Like, oh, see, I didn't know about the ecstasy in the story. Sorry, that now it makes sense. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I thought I said that. And now it does make sense. Otherwise, it's just bizarre. Yeah, I agree. I, she did it to this song called Castles in the Sky. Okay. So, whenever I would hear this weird, trancey, fucking... I'll just say what it is, like super effeminate song. I would get, uh, I would get a little misty. <laughs> oh my god! Why, why, why? Such a bitch back in the day I was. Um, all right, so you got all you. You, you were in your uh, drug and alcohol induced haze. When did you? Uh, and I don't know if you want to talk about this. This is completely up to you. Um, do you want to? When did you meet your wife in this whole process? I met her in 2003 at the Second City in Detroit when I was 20. I think I was 20. Okay, so this is still... 1920, yeah. This is still incredibly fucked up Dave Lando. No. um, Well, yes, but I had found Second City and I started taking classes in theater and filmmaking, so... My shit was far more together than it had been in the past. Like, and how'd you get I there? Passed away. I moved to LA, and long story, but I eventually I was maintaining. I, I wasn't sober, but I was not a disaster at, at this time. So none of the thirteen arrests were when you were with your wife. Uh, number thirteen was not the first twelve. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just <laughs> not the first twelve. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so 
you didn't have a ton of the trials and tribulations there, or did you? Did you have the? Well, I guess if you were still not having your shit together, I guess you would have had to go through through the getting clean phase while you were with your wife. Say it again. Sorry, you cut out. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, the get getting off of everything and becoming sober had to happen then after you had met your wife. Yes, it did. We were married and living together, and um, I came home drunk one night from playing poker around the corner, and I noticed that my tire was flat on my car, and I thought it would be a good idea at that moment to drive up to a gas station and uh, fill it up. So So ambitious while we're drunk, aren't we? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the, the tire was low, but as I drove, it got real low. And as I'm driving, it's obviously, I'm swerving, it's making me swerve. You know, there's, I'm sure there's sparks or some shit. And then I, yeah, I got pulled over for a DUI, and I put my mug shot on the show from that and everything. And I was 27, and I just couldn't believe what I had turned into, you know. And I had actually done stuff on television for comedy and was doing really well, but... Uh, alcohol can, it's a very interesting thing because it just crept up behind me and had taken me over and I didn't even notice that, you know, for a couple of years there I had been real, really just a blackout drunk and I don't know how we managed to maintain what we did. Um, it, so after that, you just said, after that arrest, you just said, fuck it, I'm done. Like, I'm doing something? Yes. After that, I just, well, kind of. Um, it cost me $20,000 for that. Then I had a blow starter in my car, and I was wearing an alcohol tether. So <laughs> I was going around the country with getting my blood monitored so I could actually turn, I, to be able to go and do my job as a comedian, I had to be tested. So I was going around the country performing in bars with an alcohol monitor on my leg and a blow starter in my car. And uh, after that, um, after that had happened, I I had the choice to be sober or to uh, use the second that came off my leg, and my choice was to get sober. Now, well, you kind of got forced into sobriety to start that, to kind of initiate everything. Um, did you go through any kind of withdrawals? I've like been to rehab many times. Like I said, I've been arrested many times. I had been through a lot of shit many times. So sobriety wasn't something that was a stranger to me. It's something that you know people tried to get me there many times. Just didn't always the stick. First time, it, it never did. And, and this time, I wanted it for me. Oh well, I guess that's what makes the difference: wanting it for yourself instead Absolutely. of wanting it for other people. Okay, well, now that we're all depressed, <laughs> how, how how did you decide, all right, I don't want any other job in the world. I want to go up on a stage and I want to make people laugh. I want to be a comedian. I, I want to go up and this is what I want to do. Because I look at it and I've been close many times to going to open mics and, and you know, I know people that do go to open mics and I'm... I've always just kind of been like, I fucking hate getting up there. Like, I, you know, I, I, I know I'm going to suck, 
for a while because that's what everybody kind of does except unless you're Burt Kreischer and you fucking are a drunk college fucking genius and you and you go around and you make people laugh your first like well not first every goddamn show you ever do but uh, but like how do you get through that how do you go this is this is what I'm doing um I had always had an interest in comedy more SNL and sketch so after I had spent 19 or five years in high school and I didn't really have, uh, you know, I have report cards with all laughs and stuff. I joined the second city and I started taking classes in film and theater. So once I got to second city, I was learning how to write sketches, perform. I was, you know, I was learning about how to edit film and, uh, at, at community college. And then I was writing plays and stuff like that, comedic comedy plays. And I loved it. And then, my wife and my friend Marty suggested, my girlfriend at the time and my friend Marty suggested that I really should do an open mic and do stand-up because I was always writing sketches and, you know, my writing was strong. So um, I went and did, a, did an open mic and I didn't really, I didn't bomb. I didn't do well, but I didn't bomb because I had been used to performing. I had gone on stage as an improviser and gotten laughs, so I kind of had a stage presence. But... I had always had an interest in stand-up. It had always been something that was very rebellious to me. When I was young, I always thought it was cool. I used to watch Eddie Murphy and Pryor, Dangerfield. My dad gave me Carlin. I had always had an interest in it. But um, I don't know, for some reason that day when I went on stage, uh, once I did it, I realized that's what I wanted to pursue. And it never feels like a job? Like, they always say that. Uh, I'm sh- oh, fuck yeah, it does. <laughs> That's what that, that's what I don't understand. It's something you love to do, but yet there's got to be nights where you go, "Fuck, I don't want to go on. I don't want to do this benefit. I don't want to. I don't want to do this show that I fucking booked however long ago." I, I you get to the dinner, just like I don't want to do it, but you have to go up there, do you, and, and kind of just go. I don't know how you do it. You got because the emotion and everything when you're telling when you're doing your act. The enthusiasm matters in what you're doing. And yeah, fortunately, when you're fairly dry like I am, you don't have to fake too much enthusiasm. That's at least the benefit. <laughs> um, but in my stories and everything, once I get on the stage, like I want to give people a show, and I want to do my job. So, like once I get up there, I want to do the best job I can. You sure. Know? But yeah, I mean, no, I don't want to fly to fucking. Decatur, Illinois, and go to some fucking place I've never been with people. I've met. You know, nobody nobody wants to do that, but I mean, I'm lucky I get to. But yeah, of course. Yeah, there's days, there's days, and I mean, it's a it's a hard road. And I did a lot of jobs before that. I did a lot of jobs steering. It's a very it's a very difficult thing, and it looks easy because good comics make it look easy. Absolutely. And it's just and it's not, you know, and it's like, the, the thing about it is you just have to learn to hear no and be judged constantly, and it's, you know, you have to develop a thick skin or you just, you can't survive in it. Huh. And to hear I'm no, that I to hear no and be judged constantly, well, that's me in every sexual relationship I've been in. But, <laughs> well, there you go. But, um, one last thing I need to know about uh, before we go, I need to know how you felt in the moment during the Kevin Brennan incident on uh, Jim and Sam. Like, you, were you ready to fight there? 
didn't want to because, like, I, I mean, I had a criminal record, and that's why I, I, I said something along the lines of, if you hit me, go to jail. Um, I, um, you know, it's a weird thing because it was just, in the moment it felt terrible, but it feels worse now because I just, I just, neither Kevin or I, or, or I wanted that. And it just ended up being something that was so fucking over the top and crazy that it, it, it was just not a representation of what I am or who I am. I just, you know, I get pissed. And I reacted um, very more animalistic than calm. And like, I just, I got mad. You know, we all have bad days. And to me, it's like, I just think our, a, a very, a very bad day, unfortunately, got caught on film in a very public level. And a lot of people don't look at it like it's bad, and a lot of people don't. A lot of people think it's funny and whatever. So it's like, but for me and my own personal taste and what I do, that wasn't a representation of me. And then, and, and, you know, Kevin and I work together. I see him all the time. It's, it's not, uh, you know, it, it was just a kind of a gag, really, you know. Well, that's kind of what I wanted to know. Well, I don't think it was a gag at the time. I think you were both very honest about your feelings at the time. I think you were both very heated from the outside oh, looking yeah. in. Um, and I think it's, I'm harsh to blame in that sense, though. Do you think that Kevin starts things out and, you know, he cannot possibly go through every second of his life being the way he is on, on air? He just can't? something else because um, I wasn't necessarily familiar with the radio world I, I I don't know I think we both I don't think we both knew each other well enough to try to pull off a radio stuff and that's what I was going to ask you did you know that that's kind of how he was at the time because it didn't seem like it no I had no idea what any of it was about so to you it was completely um, this is this guy coming at me that's all it was and, and yeah, that's I mean, what it looked like that's received shit from that like you ne- like it hurt you like with like it didn't hurt you career wise or anything did it hold on you're cutting I can't hear you at all uh, of course with my shit phone can you hear me now I can't yeah. okay did, did that hurt you like that you said you got some repercussions from that it wasn't anything career related was it oh no I mean that's not you just got fans and shit know. talking shit Jesus. Uh, you know, I mean, it was a really big... I was surprised that other people could take something to such a level. But, you know, it's a valuable lesson in, in uh, you know, the days of doing entertainment and the internet being available. Um, but, yeah, I don't think... You know, people said shit to Kevin that was disgusting. 
I didn't, you know, and, and then people said shit to me that was disgusting, and that's why I think the whole thing was just, uh, the whole thing was just a fucking disaster, and what, I don't think that was the intention by any means, you know. No, but I will tell you, not being involved at all, not having any dog in the fight, I was fucking highly entertained. I'll be honest with you. It was one of the... Yeah, I know. It's fine. You know, right after Kevin looked at me and said that was great radio, so... Oh, that's awesome. You know, yeah, so, you know, we we played it off like it was, and it was supposed to be a thing that just didn't happen the way that it should have, but, I mean, look, a lot of people hated me, a lot of people hated him, and... They, a lot of them have come around to both of us, so whatever, you know, shit happens, and I, I, I hold no no grudge or anything about it. Oh, I like the both of you. Obviously, I like you. I've been bugging you for for how long now to talk to you? Um, <clears throat> so, obviously, I, I like you, and I, I think you're hilarious as a comedian, and I like I like the ranty Kevin. <clears throat> I think it's hilarious. Um, yeah, he's very funny. He's got balls of steel, you know? He's an angrier Jim Florentine, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, and then I, I like Brian as well as co-host. So I mean, I think you know, I like I like every I like that show that he does, and I think he's obviously a perfect fit for Anthony's network. Oh, I, yeah, what keep that away? Um, uh, I did try to watch a fair one because I saw a ton of stuff on Twitter today about uh, your reactions and your faces. I you started going into your. Yes, you're. Uh, everybody, go and watch a fair one. Uh, the what was that? The Tuesday episode or the Wednesday episode? They go. They broadcast on yeah. Wednesdays. And uh, I, I didn't continue to watch it because you got into some childhood stuff, and when you started, you know, getting into into some questions that I wanted to ask you tonight, so I didn't want to know the answers. But uh, I'm going. I'm going to be going and watching that episode. But. Uh, Holy shit, did that black guy slam the other black guy and almost kill him? <laughs> oh, like a ragdoll, dude. That was amazing. I've never... I, I can't believe that the dude... It was mid-air he turned into a ragdoll. I think he passed out from fear before his <laughs> How is he not dead? How is that guy alive? I couldn't... Uh, yeah, I have no... I, I, I don't know if he is alive. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, Dave Landau... Of the Anthony Cumia show with Dave Landau, who, by the way, when are they going to make the font bigger? That's just a personal thing with me. But uh, um, thank you for coming on the show. Is there anything you want my 17 to 42 listeners to know about Dave Landau or where you're going to be? Uh, you can check me out at DaveLandau.com for tour dates, L-A-N-D-A-U. But uh, if you're not a subscriber, subscribe to Compound Media. Use code COMPOUND20, that's capital C, COMPOUND20, for 20% off for a limited time. It's just a few bucks and totally worth it. And the reason why we are behind a paywall is so we don't have to bend over to sponsors. We want to be able to say whatever we want. So so please go to, you know, download the Cumia app or go to compoundmedia.com. Awesome. Again, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time. And I uh, hope maybe one day we can talk again. Absolutely. All right. Thanks a lot, buddy. All right, man. See you. All right. Bye. That was the great Dave Landau. Very hilarious comedian. And uh, 
Hopefully we get to have him on the podcast. Hopefully we can actually sit down sometime and actually talk. But, uh, yeah, I hope you guys all enjoyed that. That's the interview. That's the show for tonight. Because we talked for, uh, Jesus, what the hell was it? We spoke for info. How do I find that? Inco- 38 minutes. See? We're 38 minutes with Dave Landau. 38 minutes with Dave Landau. So, hope you guys enjoyed the show um, on a Wednesday night. It's a work night for me, so I'm tired as fuck. I gotta get up at 4.30 in the morning. Uh, and and put on the old boots there. Get back to the work boot collar, Jimmy there. So, uh, appreciate you listening. This is episode 34. Check us out on... Oh, by the way, I'm on Minds. Did I tell you that yet? I'm on Minds? Yeah, I think I told you that at the beginning of the show. Follow me on Minds. Follow me on Instagram. Gab. I gotta get back on Gab. I've been shitting the bed on Gab. I've not been doing a good job. Um, Facebook. Twitter. Instagram. The I'm Just Saying Show. Justin Worley. Look them all up. Subscribe on the YouTube channel. And uh, we hope to see you next week. Hope you like the show. Thank you all for listening. And, I don't know, something something creative that some other guy said that I'm going to quote somewhere. All right. Later!